0: According to a Pew Research Center study, recently, in 2007, 50% of adults thought that homosexuality should be accepted. In 2014, that number has moved from 50% to 62%. Across the same period of time, if you look at the language that's being used, the sermons that are being preached, the articles that are being written by conservative evangelical leaders, PCA, SBC, other evangelicals, you will notice a very distinct trend in those articles, in those sermons, in those lectures, in those views that mirrors this exact trend. Could that be a pure coincidence? I don't think it is. Let's talk about that. Today is April 6th, and this is episode 18 of the Reformed Rant. I am glad you're listening. Today I am ranting about being transformed, right, being transformed into the image of Christ and not being conformed to the culture that is around us. Romans 12, 2, the Apostle Paul said, and do not be Conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. That word conformed, if we look at it in the Greek, means to form according to a pattern or mold to be shaped like something else first peter also makes this reference over in first peter 1:14 where he says as obedient children do not be conformed to the former lusts which were yours in ignorance, but like the Holy One who called you, be holy yourselves in all your behavior. Because it is written, you shall be holy for I am holy. So notice you have two very contrasting states here. Do not walk according to the pattern of this world. Do not think like the world thinks. Do not be shaped and formed by the world, by the culture in which you find yourself. But instead, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So just a quick couple of things, and then we'll jump into today's rant. This word transformed in the Greek here in Romans 12, 2, is the Greek word... Metamorpho, which is where we get our English word metamorphosis. It means to change inwardly in fundamental character or condition. So be transformed. And how are we transformed fundamentally? How do we go through this metamorphosis? Paul says, by the renewing of your mind. Right? We are adopting and embracing the teaching to Scripture. Our mind is being filled with the Word of God. This is how we are shaped and transformed into the image of Christ. And part of the issue in our churches today is that we have so many people who are not interested in that kind of a radical transformation. And this is driving these issues that we continue to talk about. So want to go back to Egypt, where it's warm and secure. I you sorry you bought the one-way ticket when you thought you were sure? You wanted to live in the land of promise, but not it's getting so hot. I you sorry you're out here in the desert, steady your own back Welcome back to the Reformed Rant. We are talking today about how the church is continuing to mirror the culture. And the tool that I'm going to use to demonstrate this phenomenon that goes on in our churches is a Pew Research Study. Now, just so you, you, you know what the landscape is like, the Southern Baptist Convention would, would still be classified by many as a conservative denomination, a conservative evangelical denomination. The PCA is, a, is also known as the Presbyterian Church in America is also a uh, conservative evangelical denomination. Both of these denominations are very similar to one another. And so uh, when I got the this survey uh, and started to look at it, I have to admit that I was absolutely shocked. Why is it? Why is it that the church is so much like the world? Why is it that the world's trajectory is almost always followed by the church. Why is it that we can look at the values and the beliefs and the convictions and the practices and trends in the world as leading indicators for where the church is going? This should not be the case. If you look at ancient biblical Christianity, the church was counter culture the church never got involved in roman politics the church never got involved i'm talking about the ancient church i'm not talking about constantinianism that came along in the 4th century or or any of the goings on in the church any of the practices or beliefs that started to emerge in the church after the apostles passed off the scene i am talking about the church as we can measure the what the church ought to be, and the only way for us to understand what the church should be and to understand what the church should do is to look into Scripture, not into church history. Church history can be helpful, but anyone who is educated in church history and who has read church history and studied it will tell you this is not a reliable way to understand what the church ought to be, although there are uh, some Components of church history That you that are useful In understanding How the church has, has looked at certain things In order to understand Where the church should be <clears throat> On issues And how we should be thinking About the culture The values in the culture And what's going on around us uh, the, the only place to look is scripture There is no other place for us to look We don't need to look any Anywhere else Alright Take a sip of Java. It's early in the morning here in North Carolina as we are ranting today. In 2007, 50% of American adults believed homosexuality should be accepted. Now, for those of us in 2007, as we were looking at that number, we thought that was incredibly high. In 2014, a short seven years later, 62 Percent, 62% say it should be accepted. So in seven years, this number moved, what, 22%? So this would tell us that if this same survey is conducted in 2021, it's not unreasonable to, to expect that this number should be up to about 75%. So again, I said that... When you look at the world And you see where the world is on these issues You are probably in a good place to say Well, in just a, a few short years That's where the church is going to be as well Because that's that's how the church is operating Now, I've said before that the reason The church is operating this way Is because there are so many false converts in our churches That's why That's the reason Okay, You don't have to look Any further than that Somebody says that's an oversimplification It is not an oversimplification I've been in the church since 1979 And I can tell you it is an absolute fact And anyone who is honest will shake their head Yeah, that's true There are way too many false converts in the churches today And the reasons for that I have said before goes to the refusal on the part of the churches and their leaders. Now, their leaders, leaders should stand up. Leaders should lead. Leaders should fence the community. Leaders should validate that people have truly been born again, as, as far as they can tell, before they baptize them and before they uh, catechize them and bring them through the membership process and receive them into the community. as as viable members of that body. And when people get out of line, when people rebel, when people uh, sin, there's a system in place called discipleship and an accountability structure that can address that, that can address it lovingly, that can uh, keep people involved in one another's lives, that makes sure people have a love for not just the individuals that are in the body, But for the body itself, for the purity of the the body, for the idea of the body, right? That's the thing. We are all sinners. We are all capable of the worst kinds of sin. But for grace, we have to somehow embrace that idea uh, without injuring our ego. I mean, we shouldn't even have an ego Ego in this area. We are guilty, vile sinners before a holy God. We've been called out of an unholy dark world into a holy church that's lit up with the light and gospel of Jesus Christ. So, So that being the case, as believers, that's what the church should look like. So we shouldn't follow the trajectory of the world, but We do. And it's because these things are missing. Church discipline is missing. We talk about it sometimes, but we really uh, don't take it that seriously because we don't discipline people out of the body. And that's just simply a disastrous or a recipe, let's say, for disaster. As you can see, this is why the churches go the way they go. You have members in here who aren't praying, they're not attending, they're not engaged. They're not being educated, they're not being equipped, and they don't want to be. And they're living their life the way they want to live their life. And all their friends are unbelievers. All their coworkers are unbelievers. Everything they watch on TV propagates unbelieving pagan philosophies that are antithetical to Christian theology, to Christian truth, to the Word of God, to divine revelation. So everything about their thinking, everything about their life is, is cluttered with worldliness of evangelical Protestants are okay with homosexuality. 51% of historically black Protestants are okay with homosexuality. These are staggering numbers. How could 36% of evangelical Protestants be okay with homosexuality and love Christ? How's that possible? Jesus said, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. 1 John chapter 2 says, this is how we know we love God. If we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. He said, you can tell the difference. John said, you can tell the difference between the children of God, the children of righteousness, and the children of the devil. Those who are are righteous, they do righteousness. And the children of the devil practice sin because the seed of god is not in them. 36% of evangelical protestants are okay with homosexuality. 51% of historically black protestants are okay with it. All right. Now let's jump into the PCA survey cuz this is going <laughs> to these numbers are going to just throw you for a loop and it's going to take the entire take up the entire episode and I don't want this to turn into an hour long rant. I'd like to keep it a little shorter. Okay, now, according to the PCA survey, number one, in 2014, 77% of of, uh, PCA members were absolutely certain God exists. This is unchanged from 2007. These are PCA members, folks. This means that 23% of PCA members are not sure God exists. That's staggering for a church member. It's not staggering for someone who is just out in the American landscape, who is pagan, who is an unbeliever, who is unregenerate. It's not staggering for a marginal Christian who is like uh, not a member of a conservative evangelical organization. But when someone comes into your local church and they find out that 23% of the people that gather there on Sundays are not sure God exists, that is staggering. So if you go into a church that's 1,000 strong, according to these numbers, 230 people that meet there every Sunday, 230 of those 1,000 members are not sure God exists. 230. These are voting members of your congregation. They're part of who says what happens in that local body right when the next pastor comes in they have a say in who that pastor is going to be if you redo your membership covenants or you're thinking about upgrading updating your statement of faith to be more precise in order for the uh, to protect the body from the silliness that goes on in the culture just know 23% of those members are going to be voting on that only 66% of PCA say religion was very important to them. Only 66%. Here you are a member of a PCA church and 34% of these folks do not believe religion or tell us that religion is not that important to them. 34%. These are the people these are the people who, when you start talking about things like church discipline or homosexuality or the, the downgrade that's going on in the churches, they have no clue. They have no idea what's going on, and they do not care. They're not engaged. They're not worried about it. They're not giving it any energy. They're not in there fighting the faith. They rarely pick up their Bibles. They rarely pray. They're rarely involved in anything that is deliberately attempting to be the light that Jesus called us to be uh, as he left us here in this world to image God, to glorify God through living and preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ, walking in the commandments of our Lord In the statutes of God That's who these people are 44% Of uh, Presbyterians Attend worship weekly 44% Only 44% Attend Worship weekly 56% Do not attend weekly How can you claim to love God, how can you claim that Christianity is the most important thing to you, that Christ is your thing if you're only in worship every so often? This is staggering. 44% of PCA members rarely or never attend a prayer group. 44% rarely or never attend a prayer group if you're if you're a member of a body why wouldn't you be attending prayer groups when when we have them when when they're offered when we're gathering together for prayer rarely or never 50% of PCA members Never wonder about the splendors of the universe. 50% walk around this earth never, ever wondering about the splendors of God's creation. What are these people doing? These are the folks who, on occasion, wander into church. They've adopted a moral system that mimics the principles and values of Christianity and now look the reason the reason let me do, say this is gosh I, the reason human beings do this is because we're created in the image of God okay we're created in the image of God, take a drink of Java. We're created in the image of God, and even atheists adopt Christian morality. Everyone does to a degree. Everyone does to a degree. There are every, every, even the very idea of morality itself is indelibly linked to, attached to. Human beings created in the image of God. This is unavoidable. Now, we come up with all kinds of explanations for why humans experience morality or why morality is intelligible or makes sense, uh, why we are moral creatures, so to speak. We come up with all kinds of explanations for why this is the case, all kinds of theories for why we behave Morally. The truth of the matter is the reason human beings have this moral sense within is because it is the image of God that has not been eradicated in the human being. It is there, it is present, though it is impacted and devastated by sin. It's still intact. It's still there, so that we we do certain things with it that pervert it and corrupt it, but it isn't gone. Even the most perverse person has a sense of morality and an idea of morality that they cannot extinguish, from the the lowest of the low to the most sophisticated academic on the planet, all of us. So these people are wandering around, not, not thinking about God and creation, not giving any kind of uh, introspection to who they are, not thinking God's thoughts after him, just, just doing their thing, living their life Getting up, going to work, working on that career, trying to co- climb the ladder, having babies, being involved in the kids' lives, bringing them through sports, sending them off to college, being married, having a relationship, taking the cool vacation to wherever, and rarely, if ever, giving any kind of thought or concern to their Creator. And their members in our churches. And they say with their lips that Jesus is their thing, but their hearts are far from him. And that's the problem with our churches. We are, we have a membership role that's filled with people whose hearts are far from Christ. That's that's the problem. We really must begin to focus on this. Problem and do more about it. Only 45% of PCA members say religion grounds their morality, Why 41% say common sense grounds their morality. I'm going to ground my, my morality in, in common sense. Now, there is a sense in which morality can be grounded in, in common sense, but the problem with grounding morality in common sense is that it tends to change. It tends to change. It was common sense a few years ago that two men wouldn't have sex with each other in, in society. That was the prevailing common sense, that, that this wasn't a, a, a perverse act. It was common sense a few years ago that if a man came out and claimed that he was a woman, he would have been considered suffering from a mental delusion or just simply lying and, and trying to pull one over on everybody else. But certainly... Any person with common sense would not have taken him seriously. And now today we have medical professionals who are operating on children because they have been deluded into thinking little boys that they're girls and little girls that they're actually boys. So the problem with grounding morality in common sense is that common sense Changes and for those whose common sense change, it it is uh, subject to the whims of of the culture rather than being anchored in the divine revelation of Scripture, which never changes. Forty one percent of PCA members say that there are clear standards for right and wrong, and I should say only forty one. The rest say not not really, or they don't know. Only 41%. These are look, these are members in your churches. 41% of them. If they do believe that there's a standard for right and wrong, they, they don't think it's clear. They don't think it's it's clear. This is so. Think about the doctrine that this particular view impacts, as well as the previous one people grounding their morality in common sense instead of scripture. Who's the the deciding factor? When you ground morality in common sense, you're grounding morality in the autonomy of human beings because it's our common sense that's going to decide what's right and wrong. It's me. It's my standards, and if I want to align my standards more closely to those of the culture, well, then so be it. You see. Wow, is my response. And then forty-one percent now saying that there there are there that that there are clear standards for right and wrong, which means that fifty-nine percent say there are. No clear standards for right and wrong. And that is an absolute denial of Scripture alone. And the denial of Scripture alone should lead to some sort of enhanced accountability and discipleship training for the person who claims it. If there's someone in your church that you know who actually believes these things... You have a responsibility since you know they believe. They have this idea or this view that injures the doctrine of Scripture alone. You must go to them. You must uh, hold them accountable. You must hold their feet to the fire. You must bring in your leadership if they refuse to repent. Something has to be done. This is what we talked about earlier, the purity of the body. This is loving them. It's loving them. And it's loving the body of Christ. Only 44% of PCA read scripture once a week. 44%. 31% rarely or never read their Bible. Oh my goodness. And that's not shocking given the last two statistics at all. Not shocking at all. It's clear that there's a problem with most with many. I'm not gonna say most. With many. Well, yeah, most. You'll see, you'll hear some numbers here in a second that truly would say, yeah, something's wrong. With the PCA as a whole Only 34% of PCA say That the, the scripture is the word of God And should be taken literally Now this isn't uh, from a Exegetical Standpoint They're not using the word literal From an exegetical standpoint right? This is this is basically saying That only 34% of PCAs Say literally that the Bible is the word of God Okay That's, that's really More The answer you're getting from people here As opposed to someone saying Well, of course you can't take everything in the Bible uh, In in an overly literal way Because, you know, there are things in the scripture That God doesn't have hands God doesn't have eyes and God doesn't have a mouth And God doesn't have a face Okay, so those things are, you know uh, Literary devices Anthropomorphisms There's theophanies And all of these things That you have to Account for the literary uh, devices that are employed in Scripture That's not what this question is asking This question is basically saying that 34% of the PCA uh, members Do not believe that the Bible is literally the Word of God 54% of PCA say abortion should be legal in all or most cases 54% say abortion Murdering unborn babies in the womb should be legal that's the number that tells us something is desperately wrong with the PCA members' views of Scripture and of what Christianity actually is. You cannot be filled with the Holy Spirit and affirm abortion. You just can't. Now, I will say this. There is a caveat. If a person is newly regenerated, they they could very well be in a position where they need to be educated on on the issue of abortion. But trust me, if that person is, if an if an attempt to educate fails and that person hangs on to their view and that their pastors have been involved, a, a serious attempt to equip and educate them on how to think about abortion, if that fails, then the person has to be turned out of the church. You must, you must communicate to that person that you have no good basis to receive their confession of faith based on this view here. Right. Have no good reason to believe that your faith is genuine if you believe it's okay to murder babies. Okay. 49% of PCA members say homosexuality should be accepted. Folks, 49% of the PCA membership says homosexuality should be be accepted what are those pastors doing? what are they doing? look here's here's part of the issue guys I'm going to say this and, and we're getting close to wrapping up but if if you're a pastor and you're preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ you cannot Sunday after Sunday after Sunday you cannot work through scripture and not tie what you're preaching into what's going on in the culture. Right. Now, our pastor uh, is an expositional preacher. He works through the text. And that's, I think, what every pastor ought to be doing, working through the text and letting the Bible, letting God's revelation speak to the people. right? And then you take that revelation, where, wherever it is that you're at, And you help them apply that to what's going on in the culture. You make the connection. And in the case of of homosexuality and in the case of feminism, in the case of of the Bible being the word of God, in the case of uh, divine creation and God being sovereign over all of his creation and human beings being created in the image of God, the culture has to be confronted from the pulpit So that the believers can understand and recognize Where the culture's going wrong And how not to think like the culture thinks That's called leading and feeding the sheep We have to do this It's not popular Oftentimes, in fact, most of the time It's going to run uh, It's going to create tension It's going to run headlong into some of the ideas That are going on out there And sometimes Especially new believers are going to be a little puzzled by this It's going to create questions, confusion in in some cases that needs to be worked through But these are necessary, this is equipping the body Working through the fog of worldly thinking that's going on in the minds of Christians Clearing that fog away so that they they can more clearly see the teachings of Scripture and not all the teachings of Scripture are clear, but the teachings of Scripture on issues like this, on issues of homosexuality, on issues of the, of, of the Word of God being the Word of God, on issues that the Bible is our final authority for faith and practice, those things are clear. Not everything's clear, but those things are clear. Those things are clear, right? of PCA members favor same-sex marriage. So 49% believe that homosexuality should be accepted, and 40% favor same-sex marriage. So here you have the divine institution of marriage that God put in place, God's created order, God's created order, His prescriptive order, His revealed order, being tossed out in preference for what's happening in the culture, following along blindly with the culture. So we have to lift our voices. The church has to know, pastors, where you stand on issues like this, and you have to help them. You have to bring them along. You have to teach them. And it has to be done firmly, lovingly but firmly. You cannot communicate these things in in a weak way manner it has to be firm it has to be direct it has to be clear but it has to be filled with grace and love and truth because we're all sinners you have to strike that balance between the two you can't come across to pe- uh, you can't come across as if you're not a sinner as if you're perfect as if you don't have your own sin in your life that you struggle with you can't do that you have to be direct and it has to be positioned As the word of the living God who owns all of us, who is over all of us, to whom we all must submit, the one that we all must acknowledge is our creator and he is holy and we are not. That's how it has to be positioned. It can't be, you know, how dare you uh, think this way or be this way as a, as a person, as a Christian, no one would think this way. That can't be the approach. Now, on the flip side, if that person basically, um, you know, for lack of a better term, kind of tells you to stick it in your ear that they're, they're going to continue to believe that homosexuality should be acceptable, that same-sex marriage should be fine, and that that these views that you're telling them uh, is are antiquated and outdated and that they're really based on the bias of authors of Scripture. Well, now you've got a situation where you can tell the person that uh, no Christian uh, who is filled with the Holy Spirit Uh, Would reject the teachings of the Holy Spirit No Christian who is filled with the Holy Spirit Is going to reject the teachings of the Holy Spirit on these matters So the rejection of the teachings of the Holy Spirit in Scripture On these issues is an indication That the Holy Spirit is not present in that person's life And that's where action has to be taken For the the sake of the purity of the body 50% of PCA Members believe in either evolution or theistic evolution. Half the church. Half the church here deny, deny a six-day creation, deny, in effect, in effect, the the teaching in Genesis 1, let's just say 1 through 3, they probably deny the entire Genesis 1 through 11, that man was created in the image of God, special creation, Man was specially created in the image of God from the dirt We're really just a piece of dirt God created us What made us special isn't the dirt, of course, right? We all know that It isn't the dirt That's what we are We're dirt What makes us special is that God breathed into us The breath of life And we became creatures created in God's image That's, to me amazing that is incredible i can't even begin to understand that that's what makes us valuable to one another now i'm not don't misunderstand i am not saying we are valuable to god and that god therefore has to redeem us as we were created we were created with value to god but that value has been tossed out the window Thrown up in the face of God in the act of sinful rebellion. And therefore, we deserve God's judgment. 50% of the PCA believe in evolution or theistic evolution. These are are all symptoms of a symptom of a very big problem in our churches. People outright reject the the teaching of Scripture as the Word of God. But this is just another symptom. The issue is an unregenerate membership. And that coupled with elders who do not take the problem seriously enough, seriously enough to do anything about it. That has to change, right? You and I have a responsibility. Now, you know, someone says, well, how do you change, how do you change the church? Well, I've, I've, I've heard the, the, the quote, you know, how do you change the world? Well, you go out and make the difference that you can make. You go make the difference in the lives of people that you can make. And if everybody is doing that, well, then maybe we'll make a difference. So how do we look at this? God is sovereign. God is working his plan for his glory. It's a good plan. It is a good plan. Let us never lose faith, hope, and trust in in the fact that God is sovereign and his plan is good. Okay, we may not be able to change the church, visible church, into into what we think it should be. I mean, you're talking over 2,000 years now or 2,000 years of church history, and things are where they're at. I mean, look at where they're at, 1,900 years. So, think about this. What is your responsibility as a believer? You and me as believers— we want to glorify God in our lives We want to image God to the culture Whether or not my image in God To the culture Is going to impact The culture Or even a, one person in the culture Is the wrong way to think I want that impact I want to be able to influence other people In a certain direction I want to be able to influence people To glorify God With all of their being To love Him with everything that they are That is the greatest commandment And to love their neighbor's As themselves. I want to be able to influence people in in that direction. Ultimately, though, here's the thing unless I am really, truly doing my best with all my being to honor God, to glorify God, to honor the name of Christ in this earth, there's no way that I'm going to influence people to do the same thing. So, my focus, what drives my behavior, the reason I say the things I say, the reason I do the things that I do has to be, first and foremost, to glorify God. Because my Heavenly Father, Jesus Christ, who's redeemed me out of this earth, God's Son, the Holy Spirit who has filled me, God Himself, God is loved and honored only when I am satisfied in taking those actions that bring him glory. And that should be enough for me. Evangelizing to someone on the street, influencing a brother in the local church, uh, calling a brother uh, to repentance. These things are done because I love God and I love my neighbor. Whether people change as a result or not cannot be Taken into consideration in terms of, am I still going to keep doing it? I do it and I continue to do it because it honors God. It glorifies God. It brings glory to His name. It's being the light that we're called to be. That's how we should look at this. That's how we should think about it. All right, guys, listen, thank you for listening. Uh, I hope you have got something of value from this, this program. um, I want you. I would. I would hope that you would continue to keep listening. If you have um, any any uh, comments, you can. If and you're listening to the Reformed Grant on a mobile device, you can leave a message right there in that app uh, on the mobile device. I think it's in Anchor, it, it, which is the app that most most folks use. Um, or if you want to reach out to us, uh, leave a leave a question um, or a comment. Provide some feedback. You can do that at Reformed. Reasons, Reformed Reasons In fact, we're getting ready to put up an article over there On um, objectivism, Ayn Rand And going to offer some criticism Around that view that seems to be Some people in the church seem to think that uh, She she has a good philosophy that Christians ought to employ And I could not disagree more strongly So, um, thank you for listening Until I rant again God bless. Have yourself a wonderful day. Keep the faith. Stay in the fight. Continue to pursue God with all of your being. Honor him in everything that you do. Amen. This podcast is part of the Bible Thumping Wingnut Network. Biblical Christianity's marketplace of ideas. Bible-thumping-wingnut.com. a long black train coming down the line feeding off the souls that are lost and crying rails of sin only evil remains watch out brother for that long